I love you all dearly and and uh, thankful. I'm just thankful an old country boy from the hills of Bronson, Kentucky, gets to come to the big Bible Baptist and preach, and that's uh, that's really a big deal for me. So I'm thankful I get to come and thankful for the friendships I've made here and the joy. And you're getting a treasured interim pastor in Brother Dotson. You love him. He'll love you. And uh, he'll preach the word to you. He's a fine man. He really is. But this morning, I want you to take your copy of God's Word and go with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter 9. And I want us to read two verses, verse 27 and 28. The book of Hebrews, chapter 9, verse 27 and 28. And I want to preach on the subject, Soon one morning, death come creeping in your room. Soon, one morning, death come creeping in your room. Hebrews 9, beginning in verse number 27. And the Bible says, As it is appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. So Christ was offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto Salvation. Now, our Father, we pray this morning by the power of your Spirit that you will speak from your Word. We thank you for the music today and the worship and your presence here with us. And now we pray you'd help this old country preacher to preach the Word to these good folks today for your glory. Be with the good folks at community today and bless Brother Scott as he preaches down there. We're thankful for what you've done for us in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. There's an old hymn that says this, Soon one morning death comes creeping in your room. Soon one morning death is going to come creeping in your room. Soon one morning death comes creeping in your room. Oh my Lord, oh my Lord, what shall I do? You see, I want you to know that this world is not the way that it was originally constructed. This world was made, what God made and created this world in six 24-hour days, and he put, in, he put two people. He put Adam and Eve in the garden. And, the, and God said to them, the moment, the moment, the, God said, you enjoy all of this great creation I've given you, but the moment you eat of that tree, you will die. And sure enough, Satan is thrown out of heaven. He comes along one day and he lies to Eve and he deceives Eve and Eve takes of the fruit. But now listen, Adam wasn't deceived. Adam knew what he was doing and he willingly took that fruit and he ate of it. And the Bible says that on that day that God every day, can you imagine this? Can you imagine this with me just for a moment? That the sovereign God of the universe met with you every morning in some sweet valley here in Renfro Valley and walked with you in the cool of the day. Could you imagine that? But that's exactly what was happening with Adam and Eve. God met with them and he walked with them every day. But the Bible says on this day that Adam and Eve hid themselves and they were hid and the Bible says that God said to them, Adam, notice he didn't say Eve. He said, Adam, where are you? And it's not that God didn't know where they were. God didn't know exactly where they were. He knew all along where Adam and Eve were, but he wanted to let Adam know where he was. 
And he was not in fellowship with God. And the first thing that Adam does is he comes out and he makes excuses. And you know, men, you know the excuse he gives, don't you? Well, that woman that you gave me. You know, that's what he begins there. That's what he says. But, but God quickly stops him and puts it square up on Adam's shoulders. And the Bible says... God had promised them the moment you eat of that tree is the moment you will know good and evil. Can you imagine that for a moment? There was a time when Adam and Eve only knew the presence, the fellowship of God. They didn't even know what good and evil were. They didn't know it. But they ate of the tree and they fell. And the Bible says that God says when you do that, you're going to die. Now, I am certain here this morning, as I look over this congregation this morning, that most of you have read your Bibles. Some of you have read your Bibles quite a few times. And you know that your Bible says that that, that Adam and Eve did not die that day. But God promised they would die that day. And they did die, my friends. The Bible says that they have died spiritually. They are very much alive on the outside, but inside they were no longer in fellowship with a holy God. They no longer walked in perfect harmony with a holy God. And the Bible says that God put them outside of the garden. And they were separated from Him. And the Bible says that by one man sin entered into the world and so death, and here's that word, here's that word, Let's just pretend your casket is here in the front. And I have the privilege of preaching your funeral. And here we are, gathered together with that horrible word, death. And the Bible says that God put them out of the garden and now they are dead. The Bible says that men are dead in their sin and their trespasses. You see, this world is not the way it used to be. This world is full of sin and death and sorrow and heartache. It doesn't take a mental heavyweight to look around and know that something is bad wrong in this world. And what's wrong with this world is that sin is entered and that men are corrupt from the inside out. You see, that's why the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, for it is appointed unto man wants to die. You know the latest statistic I read? I read a statistic not long ago and it said it's an amazing statistic. You might ought to look it up. Google it if you want to. You might ought to look it up for yourself. And here's what that statistic said. One out of every one dies. That's an amazing statistic, isn't it? But here's the truth of the matter. There's going to come a day that, remember, we're pretending your casket is here, but there's coming a day when they're going to have my casket laid out at the funeral home, at the church building somewhere, and I hope a crowd like this may show up and say, I hope, and I hope you do too. I hope they're lined around the halls of this church waiting for hours to come by and hug the family and share their sorrow with you and walk with you because we're all going to die. Unless the Lord comes back today, We're going to die. Now I want you to notice the writer of Hebrews writes something pretty interesting here. He says, it is appointed unto man to die. I don't know about you. 
And I don't know what it is. And if you are, if you are one of these persons today, I'm not, I, I, I'm not offended at you. I think you understand what I'm getting ready to say. <laughs> How many of y'all have made a dentist appointment and then canceled it? Amen? What is it about going to a dentist? We'll make an appointment with a dentist. <clears throat> it's coming in a week or two. Shoot, it may be coming the next day. And we will find out, inevitably, we will figure out a reason why we don't need to go there. And we will cancel that appointment. You know, there's another one, and really the, really the procedure, the things getting ready for this procedure is, is worse than the procedure itself. How many of you ever, the doc said, hey, got to have a colonostomy. <laughs> got to have a colonostomy. And they put it on the counter, and all of a sudden, you just suddenly forget that appointment. You just don't remember what you had to do that day of that appointment. You see, there's appointments in our calendar book that all of us have made and all of us can cancel. But brothers and sisters, I didn't make this appointment. Somewhere in my life, somewhere, it might be today, it might be tomorrow, it might be 20 years from now, I don't know when, but somewhere wrote on my calendar is the day I'm going to leave this earth. It's appointed unto man once to die. You young folks that are here, and I swear the, the more the days go by, the more younger everybody is, Right? You know, that's just the way it is. Isn't that right, Miss State? That's the way it is. Just, just younger. Everybody's young now. It's appointed unto man wants to die. Let me tell you something, young folks. Can I tell you something? I'm chaplain of our, of our fire department, of one of our fire departments in our county. And I knew it was a bad deal when I got there, when they called us out one day, when they signal eight. And signal eight means everybody's done. They assimilate our whole fire department except for me. They said, except the chaplain, he's got to stay. And on that day, two teenagers are killed in a boating accident. Tragically killed. I want to tell you, I believe they woke up that morning not having death on their mind. Not pondering that they would leave this world at that time. They didn't have no thought of dying. I want you to hear me this morning. You young people here this morning, I know you think you've got the tiger by the tail and that you're going to live on and on and on and, and it's just going to be wonderful. No, listen, your appointment will come. And it will come either when you're young, when you're old, or somewhere in between. But you're going to die. It's going to happen. You see, the Bible says that when the sperm met the egg, God had that already planned. That life began. And not only did he start life, the Bible says he knows when life is going to end. It's on your calendar. It's an appointed time. We're all going to die. 
And I want to say this to you. Let's just pretend like this casket in front of us is, is, is a tragic death that happened. Something just unexpectedly, unsuddenly, just a tragic death. And, 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 and folks are sitting here this morning, this morning and, and folks are mourning and hurting and some of the family is. And, and they begin to say things like this. If I had only... You ever been there? If I had only did this or if I had only did that, I want to tell you, if that person was sitting at home comfortably in their recliner enjoying a Saturday afternoon football game, they were going to die. They were going to leave this world. Even You say, oh, but they died in a tragic car accident. Yes, but if they'd been home comfortable, they would have died. Because I didn't make that appointment. You didn't make that appointment. Nobody can stop that appointment. It is an appointment that God has put on the calendar that we are going to die. That's just going to happen. It is an appointment unto man once to die. That's what's going to happen. But notice what else the writer of Hebrews says. There's an appointment that we're going to die once. But then the writer of Hebrews says in verse 27, but after this comes the judgment. Yes, my friend, soon one morning, death is going to come and to creep into our rooms because we are sinners by nature and by choice. Now, yes, you can call me crazy when I tell you this. You can call me kind of ludicrous if you want to. But I own two great names. Now, they're big old dogs. Shoot, they look like small ponies running around. But if somebody pulls in the driveway, they'll bark. And I mean they bark. They're loud. They, they get your attention. And you'd be scared of them. They don't need to be scared of them because they'll lick you before they do anything else. They just got a terrible bark. But why do they bark? Why does a great dame bark? Why does a cat meow? Why does a cow moo? Why does a horse neigh? Because they're horses, dogs, and cattle. And why do you and I sin? Why do you and I or why do you and I disobey God? Why do we have actions that are sinful? It's not just our actions that send us to hell, it's who we are that send us to hell. We are sinful. We're sinful. By nature, we are sinful. Right, Jeremiah writes and he says, The heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Don't you ever get out here so arrogant and so puffed up with yourself, pointing fingers at other people and say, I'd never do that. You don't know if you wouldn't or wouldn't. You don't know. Oh, I'd never get strung out on drugs, or I'd never steal that, or I'd never get in that mess. You don't know. Because your heart, sir, ma'am, young lady, young man, your heart is desperately wicked. You don't know the depths of your wickedness. The Bible says that we are dead in our sin. There's that word again, isn't it? Dead in our sins and trespasses. And we'll die. And the Bible says that we'll stand before a holy God one day. A holy, sovereign 
God who directed your life from time of birth to time of death. And on that day, you will stand in the courtroom of the sovereign of the universe. And I want to tell you how all of us are going to stand. Every one of us, Brother Darren, in the courtroom of God. Every one of us are going to stand there guilty. You say, wait a minute, I'm a pretty good person. I've done a lot of good things, sir. Ma'am, you're guilty. There's no debate about it. There's no argument about it. We are all guilty. The writer of, the writer, the, 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 Isaiah says, all we, not some of us, not part of us, but all we like sheep have gone astray. All of us have. We're guilty. And in the courtroom of God, every one of us stand there guilty. That's a bad place to be. You say, but I'm saved. You're still guilty. You say, oh, but I'm a member of Bible Baptist and I'm saved and I love the Lord. Fine, you're guilty. There's no cutting corner. There's no dancing around it. You're guilty. And then the writer of Hebrews says something else. He says in verse 28, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. You need to underline that in your Bible and highlight it, especially the culture we live in today, that one little word, many. That one little word, many. I'm reminded of the preacher who began to pastor. He was a conservative. Began to pastor a liberal church. And he got up one Sunday, the first Sunday morning, and he preached that Jesus was the only way to heaven. And that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. And on Monday, he had wandered his way down to the post office. And Miss Brown, who had been a fine member of First Church for many, many years, met him there at the post office. And said to him, oh, dear brother, good to see you this morning. And trying to be smart and give a point. She says, see, pastor, you came down from the church office on 1st Street. Took a ride on 2nd Street and got here to the post office. I, on the other hand, came down 3rd Street. Took a left on 4th Street. And got here at the post office. He said, she said, see, we all come from different ways, but we ended up at the same place. And he said, yes, ma'am, that's true. But when I go to heaven, when I die, I ain't going to the post office. I'm going to heaven. But we live in a culture today that says, as long as you're a good person, as long as you're a good old boy, long as you're an outstanding person and you've got good morals about you and you're all right, boy, boy, and you see it all the time at funerals, don't you? They're laying there in that casket and everybody's coming by and saying, oh, he's in a better place. And sometimes I want to scream out and say, no, he's probably not. 
He's probably in hell today. Listen to me this morning. There is no call for good old boys in heaven. Listen to me this morning. I've not got this wrong when I say it. I'm known, Danny Ford can tell you, I'm known to discombobulate my words sometimes. But I've got this right. Only the bad go to heaven. And only the good go to hell. You say, well, 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 wait a minute, what do you mean? Only the bad go to heaven and only the good go to hell because the only people that are going to heaven are those who know they're wretched, filthy, dead in their sin, sinners that need the grace and mercy of Christ. Christ said, the writer of Hebrews said, He came for many, but not all. Not everybody's going to heaven. Do you, know, do you believe that this morning? Not everybody's going to heaven. I don't care what the world, again, you young folks, I don't care what this world begins to teach you and how maybe Christianity is just not reveling anymore and all this bull they, they lay at you. I want you to know Jesus still said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, and no man comes to the Father except he comes by me. That's it. You either come by the way of the cross or you don't come at all. I must needs go home while by the way of the cross. There's no other way but this. I'll miss the gates of light if the way of the cross I miss. And so there it was. Here is this holy, perfect, sovereign, Righteous God. And he, now get this, the one who is sustaining your heart right now, the one who is letting you breathe right now, humbled himself and took on the form of a human and became 100% God and 100% man. And he went to a kangaroo court and they put a cross on his shoulders and they took him up to Calvary's tree. And there they hung him. Oh, yeah. My Savior hung, bled, and died. That's what happened to him. He hung, he bled, and he died. And there on that cross, God the Father took his wrath toward us and poured it on his Son. God the Father took his hatred of us of us, not just our sin, but us, and poured it on His Son. And on the cross of Calvary, God the Father poured the sins of the world upon His Son. And the Bible says, that God the Son cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then the Bible says, the six hour came, Oh, were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes it causes me to tremble. Tremble, tremble. 
And that day they took the broken body of my Savior. And they laid him in a bar tomb. Because what do you want to buy something when you're going to give it back three days later? They laid him in the tomb. Oh, were you there? Were you there when he rose up from the dead? Were you there when he rose up from the dead? Oh, sometimes it causes me to tremble. 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 When the Bible says on the third day, he got up and he went back to heaven and he sits at the right hand of the Father today. And Jesus said, Appreciate the text this morning. I give, them, I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone pluck them out of my hand. Jesus said, Come unto me. Come unto me. All ye that burden and heavy laden, come unto me and I'll give you rest. You come to him broken. Listen, you can't come to Jesus and say, listen, God, I'm basically a good person. You just ask people around Mount Vernon, I'm a pretty good fella. All I need, listen, listen, Lord, listen, I, I am the banana split. All I need is the cherry on top and that's you. No, you ain't getting to heaven that way. You get to heaven guilty, vile, and wretched. The man who wrote, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. John Newton, he was a wretch, just like you and I are. On his deathbed, on his dime, during the course of his death, he said, there's two things I've learned about life. I am a great sinner, and Christ is a great Savior. He came to die for the sins of many, not all. The only ones he came to die for are those who by faith put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone. Yes, soon one morning, death's going to come creeping in my room. Soon one morning, death is going to come creeping in your room. And you'll stand before the judgment seat of God, guilty. And I'm going to stand there guilty. And about the time God the Father is going to put the hammer down on me, Jesus is going to stand in my place. And he says, Father, you're right on your judgment. He's guilty. He is a wretched, vile sinner. But Father, I took his wretched vileness and clothed him in my righteousness. And you will then hear God the Father say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You know I'm guilty. And he really knows all about my sin. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joys of your Lord. I want to ask you a question this morning. 
Well, the Lord just laid this sermon. I, I actually preached a funeral this week. And that, that the Lord just said, this is what Bible Baptist needs to hear this week. And I think all the mu- music that's been played and is pointed right to this. And I want to ask you a question this morning. Young, old, or somewhere in between. I want to ask you a simple question. If you were to die today and stand before a holy God and He were to say to you, why should I let you into heaven? What would your response be? I've heard all kinds of responses. But I'm asking you what your response would be. If it's anything but I'm trusting Jesus by faith alone, by grace alone, in Christ alone, then you've missed the boat. You've missed it. You're not going to heaven. You have to know Jesus. And that's why the writer of Hebrews finishes up and he says, And unto them that look for him, he'll appear a second time without sin, but unto salvation. Can I, can, I, can I tell you something? I don't care what the scoffers say. I don't care how they feel about things. Some of you here know exactly what I'm talking about. Some of you young folks, you don't get it yet, but you will if you're saved. Every day I live, I think about more over there than I do here. Amen? Amen? I think of what it's going to be like over there in here that's what we think I'm looking forward to that day when he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land oh what a day what a day what a glorious day that'll be when I shall behold him face to can I tell you something Jesus is coming again he's coming again he's coming and he's coming to take his children home looking unto who unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith. In the words of the old country preacher, right there in the old country preacher in the little white slab church out in the country, no air conditioning, no microphones, just you know the preaching, don't you? A little hacking, a little throwing snot when they preach. Any of y'all know what I'm talking about? Say amen if you do. You can hear that old, can can you still hear that old country preacher hollering out through the valleys? Hey, there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. There's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. Oh, listen to me. Soon, one morning, death is going to come creeping in your room. You mark it down. Unless Jesus returns soon, soon one morning, death's going to creep in your room. What will 
what will you do? I pray you will say, when I rise to worlds unknown and view thee on thy throne, rock of ages, oh, clap for me. Mm. Let me hide myself in thee. As our musicians come this morning, Brother Darren, I'm going to ask you to come, stand up front here. As they come, we're going to sing hymn number what, brother? Oh, you forgot the hymn number. That's all right. What's the name of the song? Remember it? Whiter than snow. Whiter than snow. We're going to sing that this morning. While they sing, I want to ask you again, as we stand to our feet, singing hymn number what? Hymn number 53? Hymn number 653. As we stand and as we sing this morning, I want to ask you this morning this simple question. If you were to die tonight and stand before a holy God and he were to say, why shall I let you into heaven? What would you say to him? What would you say to him? And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, Brother Darren's going to stand here. Hey, I'm not a member of this church or anything, but I believe I can tell you how to get to heaven. You slip down that aisle as soon as they start singing. And you say, Brother Ron, Brother Darren, I'm messed up, I'm lost, I'm dead in my sin. And I know Jesus is the only way. I won't trust him today. And I tell you what, Jesus said, all that comes to me, I'll know why I was cast out. Will you come this morning as we sing together, as we pray together, you come this morning.